0: Carl Lamar. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a
1: hobo. This your place, Carl? Yeah. What do you
0: think? Really? It's really awful. Cool. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble.
2: Pay hey, more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler.
0: This tape will
3: self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, Peter Lorre stars in a radio adaptation of the famous Dostoevsky story Crime and Punishment on Mystery in the Air from 1947. Then Phil Harris and his lovely wife Alice Faye, starring the first half of the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show from 1950. With me to help present these radio Radio Classics is my co-host Lisa Wolf.
4: What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl, how are you?
3: Good, good. What's happening in Hollywood?
4: Alright, well, there's a new romantic comedy, which I know that you l- just are very romantic.
3: I that, yeah. So
4: right off the bat, I know this is one for you. Right? Will be released. just say
3: romance and I'm there.
4: Uh, you're, you're running the other direction down the sidewalk. This will be released this summer in August and it's called South Side with You.
3: Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Get me 25 tickets because I want to see it every day for 25 straight days. Do you know
4: what it's about? No. Well, okay. I won't make any comment toward that. It chronicles the summer 1989 afternoon. When the future president of the United States, Barack Obama, wooed his future first lady on an epic date across Chicago's south side. So they call this a romantic snapshot of their first date. Mm -hmm. And it's starring Tika Sumpter as Michelle Robinson and Mm -hmm. uh, Parker Sawyers as Barack Obama. Right. Filmed on location on the south side of Chicago.
3: Well, there you go. Coming That's an interesting
4: uh, topic for a movie. There
3: you have it. There
4: you have it. All
3: right. Well, sounds great, Lisa. Can't wait to see that movie.
4: That's what I thought you'd say. All right. Say. Time now
3: for Mystery in the Air. Mystery in the Air dramatized tales woven by the imaginations of some of the most famous authors in history. It starred the famous and infamous Peter Lorre, bringing brilliant horror classics to life as no other could. Lorre was one of the most popular horror stars of the 40s and with a supporting cast that included greats as as Agnes Moorhead, Howard Culver, Lorraine Tuttle, Joseph Kearns, and Ken Christie, the productions were top-notch. Some of the stories that were dramatized on Mystery in the Air were The Tell-Tale Heart, The Black Cat, The Horloth, The Lodger, The Mask of Medusa, and Crime and Punishment. Though only a short summer replacement for Abbott and Costello in 1947, Mystery in the Air fulfilled Peter Lorre's long-standing ambition to star in his own dramatic radio program. He was convinced the classic tales chosen with thrill audiences for radio as much as they did the reader of the original stories, and he was right. Okay, Lisa, it's time now for Crime and Punishment, starring Peter Laurie. Let's go back to September 25th, 1947, for Part 1 of Mystery in the Air.
5: Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Laurie. And it is now my great pleasure to confer our academic degree with honor on the most distinguished student of this class. Roderick Raskolnikov, step forward. In the history of our university, there have been few young men who've compared with him in mental brilliance, and few for whom the future held greater promise. Well, Roderick, Roderick, I've spoken for the university. Now I want to speak for myself. As a token of the esteem in which I hold you and your abilities, I want to present you with this watch.
6: Thank you, sir.
5: (laughs) Well, uh, read the inscription.
6: Inscription: oh, to Roderick Raskolnikov, may his great gifts bring him the reward of honor and good fortune. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much.
5: Roderick, my boy, I'm proud to have had you as one of us and sad that you are leaving. Good luck to you and God bless you. Again tonight, Peter Lorre in the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces, culled from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, Crime and Punishment, adapted from the motion picture starring Peter Lorre, and based on the novel by Feodor Dostoevsky. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre. So I,
6: Roderick Raskolnikov, went to the city to achieve honor and good fortune. But one year later, I had achieved neither. Oh, I had written one book, uh, a book on crime, which I had to sell to a publisher for barely enough money to pay my first six-month rent. Oh, the reviews were very nice. Yes, one of them said uh, the subject is handled with such brilliance that one wonders whether it's the work of a genius or a great detective, or both. (laughs) Genius or great detective. (laughs) Can't eat reviews. All the time I was starving in a garret room. Come in. Oh, it's you, Mrs. Barnum.
7: Yes, it's me. I haven't had a penny out of you in six months. I know. How much longer do you expect me to wait for my rent?
6: Well, can you stand the strain another half hour?
7: Oh, so you're going to pay me in half an hour? Yes. Just how are you going to raise the money? Oh, that's
6: very simple. I, I'm going to rob a bank.
7: Think you're funny, huh? Well, I don't. You're a disgrace to my
1: house.
6: Maybe, but someday, someday they'll put a sign on this house that I, Raskolnikov, had the privilege of starving here. <laughs> I beg your pardon, uh, is there a Palm Brook, I I think it's an old woman, by by the name of Leona, does she live here?
8: Yes, one more flight up, I'll show you, I'm going there myself.
6: Thank you very much. May I carry your package?
8: No, no, I can manage. It's this door here, just ring the bell. What do you want? Ah,
7: it's you, Sonia. Come in. Who's this? One of your gentleman friends?
8: No, I met him on the stairs. Well, what have you got this time? This. This Bible.
7: Hmm. And where did you steal this?
8: I didn't steal it. It's been in our family a long time.
7: What do you want for it?
8: The cover's inlaid with mother of pearl. Stones are garnets. Worth at least a hundred rubles.
7: I'll give you six rubles for it.
8: But that, If you don't want it, leave it.
7: What have you got, mister?
6: I have a watch.
7: I'll take the six. Here you are. You said six rubles. You gave me one. That's right, six rubles. Less three months' interest for your shawl and two months on the necklace and silver buckles. That makes five rubles. Five from six is one ruble. Well, what are you waiting for? Want your Bible back? No. Well, come on. Get out. Get out. Come a little gutter-snipe. All right, mister. Let me see your watch.
1: Here? Hmm.
7: To Roderick Raskolnikov. That's me. May his great gifts bring him the reward of honor and good fortune. <laughs> it's inscribed. I can't give you as much.
6: I want 50 rubles on it.
7: I'll give you 10.
6: All right, give me the ten.
7: There you are. What are you staring at? Don't look at me like that. I'm not
6: looking, I'm not staring. I was watching you put the young lady's Bible and my watch into that trunk, that's all.
7: But I've got nothing in here. Nothing but a lot of trash, a lot of trash. Get out of here.
6: As you say... Oh, uh, forgive me. Oh, it's you, Miss Sonia. What are you looking for?
8: My ruble. Dropped out of my hand when she pushed me out the door.
6: Somebody ought to push her straight into the next world. What use is all that money to her? Is, is her miserly life worth a hundred others Like you, Saman, I'd, I'd like to take her by the throat. You and... shouldn't
8: say things like
6: that. Oh, that, that black beetle. Here's your ruble. I found it.
8: You didn't find that you took a ruble out of your pocket.
6: I didn't know. I swear I didn't.
8: Well, I. Thank you. I forgot there was still some kindness in the world.
6: I forgot that to... there was still some beauty in it. Uh...
7: do you want at this hour? It's after midnight. It's
6: me, Karnikov, don't you remember? I've got a valuable vanity case this time.
7: Fine now this is to come around with your rubbish, but come in. Let's see this valuable vanity case. Here. It's heavy enough. What's it made of, lead? Gold. I'll believe that when I see it. Oh, what's the idea of making so many knots? I can't untie this thing. I'll I... show you the idea. Put on I'll that pocket. That. Put
1: down that pocket. I will. On your, your head, own. You, you dirty... Ah. You old head. Uh,
6: come in. Oh, Oh, good morning, Miss Possum. Uh, Fine day, don't you think? Very fine day,
7: huh? I didn't come up here about the weather.
6: Oh, no. uh, Oh, it's about the money, yes. Well, I'll have it today. I promise I'll have it today. Not about
7: the money either.
6: No. uh, About what?
7: There's a policeman downstairs. Hmm.
5: Policeman? What is
7: he? Here he is now. Ask him yourself.
5: Are you the writer of Skolnikov? Yes. Oh, come along with me. You're wanted at headquarters.
6: There must be some mistake. That... Yes, there must be some mistake. I, I haven't done anything. What have I done? Find out when you get there. Come along.
5: Roderick Raskolnikov, trembling with fear, now stands before the clerk in the police station. Raskolnikov. Yeah. Let me see. Well, oh, yeah. you owe your landlady thirty rubles, hmm? and you'll refuse to vacate the premises. Uh, is that why? <laughs> is that why I've been brought here? Yes. <laughs> Are you going to pay, or must we throw you out? No, I...
1: No, I... I'll pay, I...
6: <laughs> I'll pay tomorrow. No, I Oh it's Quiet. my rent. It's, <laughs>
1: it's not funny. Quiet. Oh,
6: it's the rent, you see <laughs> Do you it. Quiet, I say. Uh, Ten rubles. <laughs> no. That's why I've been brought oh, here. It's wonderful. Stop that shouting! No, stop it!
5: <laughs> What's going on here? Who's that maniac? He's a writer. Named Raskolnikov. Huh? Oh, Raskolnikov. Just a man I want to see. Me? Why, sir? I'm Inspector Porfiry. Oh, Commissioner. I read your excellent book about the crime criminals. Oh, you're flat, Commissioner. Oh, no, I really mean it. You know, I thought I knew something about the subject, but your book put me and my staff in the kindergarten class. I must talk to you. Come into my office. Thank you, sir. And by the way, perhaps you'd like to help us on a new murder case. It'll give you a chance to see how the blundering police work. Well, a murder case? When... An old pawnbroker was killed last night. Huh? A well-known character named Leona. Uh, yes, I, I've heard of her. Oh? What do you know about her? Uh,
6: nothing. Uh, nothing at all.
5: Think you'll get him easily? Guilty man? Who knows? We may have him now. What do you mean? We brought a man in this morning, a house painter. He had been working in a flat under Leona's. Mm. Do you think he did it? <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter. He was found with a pair of earrings. He had blood on his hands. Oh, of course he has an explanation for these things, but uh, he'll do as a suspect just to keep our records clear. It's you mean that... Of course, of course. But come, come, let's discuss your book. Let's see if your theory can be applied to this case. My theory? What... Yes. You wrote that ordinary men must obey the law because they are ordinary. But extraordinary men have the right to transgress the law. No. Isn't that right? No, no, no,
6: not exactly. But what I said was that extraordinary men shouldn't be judged by ordinary standards. Uh, for example, take Napoleon if... Uh, I doubt if Napoleon
5: murdered the old pawnbroker. Oh. I'm glad my theories give you a chance to be witty. You.
1: <laughs>
5: if your theory is right, it would take, make it a lot simpler for us policemen. Your extraordinary men had some distinguishing mark. Hmm? Say a medal or a ribbon or a resemblance to Napoleon. What do you mean? (laughs) Like yourself, for instance. But uh, to get back to our murderer in this case, he was ordinary enough, all right. Nothing but a stupid coward. What do you mean? If he hadn't been in a panic, he'd have found the old woman's money. 1,500 rubles tucked away in the mattress. Uh Instead, he took a lot of junk that's no use to him. And he can't unload it. I've got my men watching every outlet. Mm -hmm. Yes, Inspector, you've promised to show
6: me your blundering police methods, and you certainly have. You're holding a man who is probably entirely innocent, just to keep your records clear, huh?
5: Well, the painter will do until the real murderer comes in, and he will come in. He'll give himself up through fear. Fear of the law or of God. Oh, yes? In the meantime, I'll just wait.
6: I admit I was furious, stupid, coward indeed. And But then I realized that I wasn't a coward at all in the country. And in facing the inspector so calmly, I... I'd learned not to be afraid. Still, I needed money, and now I didn't dare to sell any of the old woman's stuff. I I determined to try my newfound courage on a publisher of my book. Sit down, Mr. Raskolnikov. I'm glad to see you. We had very nice response on your book. Oh, that's good. Uh... I've almost finished another one. Oh, is that so?
5: Oh, you might let us see it when it's done.
6: Well, uh, you see, as a matter of fact, another publisher, well, he has offered me an advance of 750 rubles on it.
5: He has? Yes. By the pirate, you're my discovery. Well. Look, I'll give you a thousand rubles advance. Hmm? How's that? Oh, that's fine. (laughs)
6: That's wonderful. Yes, it's wonderful. I took the money. I paid my landlady in full i I bought myself a whole new outfit of clothes oh i I was riding on top of the world and but then a disturbing thought occurred to me and Of course, the inspector hadn't suspected me for a moment but but undoubtedly he he would find my name in the old pawnbroker's books he, he might think you're curious. I hadn't mentioned it myself i I decided to go and see him again, voluntarily, yes, out of my own free will. That's what an innocent man would do, or, or would he? And, well, anyway, I'm going.
5: The Inspector will see you in just a moment. Thank you. I'm in no hurry. Oh,
8: Mr. Asconicoff.
6: Sonia, what are you doing here?
8: The inspector sent for me. He returned my Bible. He asked me a few questions.
6: Questions? What, what kind of questions?
8: About the day I went to the pawnbroker.
6: Did he want to know anything about me? Yes. What did you tell him?
8: About the money you gave me. Oh. And then he wanted to know.
6: Why? What did he want to know?
8: Before I knew what had happened... He made me tell him what you said. Oh. That she deserved to die.
5: Well, she did, she The inspector will see you now, Mr. Raskolnikov. Sonya, I must
6: see you later. Where do you live?
8: Catherine Street. First house from the bridge, second floor.
6: I'll be over as soon as I can. Wait for me.
5: This way, sir. Thank you. Ah, Mr. Raskolnikov. I'm delighted to see you again.
6: I've come to claim my watch. Yeah. Your watch? Come on, let's not beat around the bush. I hated to part with it, but I need the money, so... So I took it to the old woman, and What I... old woman? Oh, you know, the palm oh. broker, the one that... The one we were talking about. Oh. Oh, did you have dealings with her? Did I... You know I had. You know I was there. I'm...
5: I mean, isn't my name in her book? Oh, wait a minute. Why. Why, so it is. Funny, I didn't notice it.
6: What are you trying to do, upset me?
5: Upset me? No, not at all. And I'm sorry, but there's no watch listed among her effects. I'm afraid it's still in the murderer's possession. Well, thank you very much. I must be going out. Oh, uh, by the way, that's a new suit, isn't it? Huh? Hmm? Yes, it is. What off it? Why shouldn't I be wearing a new suit, huh? Hmm, things have taken a turn for the better, eh? Yes, things have taken a turn for the better. I sold another book. Congratulations. I hope you'll have some theories in this one that'll help me solve this murder. We're uh, still holding that poor wretch of a painter. Oh, oh, Your real murder hasn't come in, huh? No, not yet. But I haven't given up hope. Oh, you're very optimistic. That's good. Suspect anyone in particular? Oh, I suspect anyone and everyone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's good.
5: I'll admit now that for a time I even connected you with the murder. Me? Yes. You know how a policeman's mind functions. No, I don't. I began piecing things in a pattern... Your desperate poverty, the fact you almost fainted when I mentioned the murder the first time. Your talk of supermen being above the law. Oh, now I can see. Your going around town flashing all that money, which I didn't know until just now came from your publisher. You had me followed, huh? Well, uh, a matter of routine. Yeah.
6: Well, let me tell you something. If I were the guilty man, I'd be too smart to try to sell that junk. I have gone into the country and, and buried it under stone. You hear me? Yes, under a big, heavy stone. So? Come on, accuse me of murder if you like, but, but don't insult me by believing that I'd overlook 1,500 roubles in a mattress. <laughs> Try your clumsy methods on halfwits, like that poor fool you are going to sacrifice just to keep your records clear.
5: But I'm not accusing you. I don't accuse a man I think is guilty if I have no proof. I just sit and wait. Yeah, you sit and wait. Stop
6: playing this cat and mouse game with me. Yes.
5: If you think you have a yes, chance against me, come on, arrest me or, or
6: bring me to trial. I'll yes. show you how. Yes, out. I did Inspector,
5: I did. this man just confessed. Yes, I confess. I'm guilty. I'm the murderer. You're lying, you fool. You didn't kill her. I hit
0: her over the head with a poker. I hate her. You idiot. Yeah. You didn't
5: even know did about her until we arrested you. Did. You did. didn't know did. anything did. about it until we beat it into you.
1: Uh, take him away, officer. You want to go to
5: Siberia
6: that badly? I'm guilty, I
1: tell you. I'm guilty. Get him out of here.
6: Oh. oh, what a triumph for your methods, Inspector. <laughs> First you tried to make him confess, and now you tried to make him
5: believe he's innocent. <laughs>
6: Doesn't your conscience ever bother you? you no.
5: Know, Let the real murderer suffer from his conscience. that will trouble him. He's no Napoleon. No, he's not hard enough. He'll come in. And I'll be waiting for him. I'll be waiting. Good
1: luck. <laughs>
3: That's the first portion of Mystery in the Air starring Peter Lorre. We'll get back to it after these words. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's
0: the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time.
3: Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly.
2: What day is this?
3: Oh, no, let me see. and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to Peter Lorre starring in Mystery in the Air.
8: Who is it? It's me. Where have you been?
6: No, I'm walking the streets. I don't know how long. I know it's late. I had to talk to you, Sonia. I may never see you again.
8: You're going away? Yes. Where are you going? I don't know. And why?
6: Because I'm free now. Yes, I'm free. Free to go where I please and and do what I please. and
8: Free? From what?
6: Police. They suspected me of the murder.
8: Oh,
6: it's all over now. Sonia, come away with me.
8: Did they find the guilty man?
6: They had him all along. He confessed this morning. Who was it? Oh, a painter who worked in the house. Why all these questions? Leave me alone. I've been questioning enough. Please put that Bible away. I don't want to be reminded of that old
8: hag... And Jesus said, Take away the stone.
6: What stone? What stone are you talking about? How do you know I hid it under a stone?
8: It's the stone under which Lazarus was buried. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, thou hast heard me. And when he had thus spoken... Cried in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! And he that was dead came forth. Sonya, Sonia. You should I... kneel to me.
6: Have mercy on me, Sonya. I... I killed that old woman. I yes, I. I killed her.
8: Why did you do it? Uh,
6: I was mad. What shall I do now?
8: I don't know what to tell you. Because you have no faith.
6: What did I do to have faith?
8: Then I would tell you to confess.
6: Huh?
8: Atone for what you've done.
6: Confess to the police?
8: How else can you save the one who's being punished in your place?
6: Confess and go to Siberia and and rot in prison, Sonia? How can you ask me to do that?
8: Because I love you. (gasps)
6: Sonia, I know. It. I know it now. I, you know, I have faith. I, you have given it to me. You have made me see myself, uh, yes, I, as I really was, and just a coward who, who thought himself brave. All right, Sonia, I'll go and do as you say.
8: Oh, my darling. I'll wait for you. I'll always wait for you forever.
5: Come in. Good evening, Inspector. Good evening, Raskolnikov. I've been expecting you. I've been expecting you for quite a long time.
0: And now here is Peter Laurie
6: for a final word. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, in a way, this is my final word because tonight our summer series of classic mysteries comes to a close. I feel deeply grateful for your response to our efforts. Also, at this time, I'd like to thank our sponsor for giving me the opportunity. And I certainly feel compelled to express my deep appreciation for, for all those men who have worked with me, especially our director, Mr. Cal Kuhn.
0: Crime and Punishment has been adapted from the screenplay Crime and Punishment by arrangement with Columbia Pictures. Producers of the Technicolor musical Down to Earth. Music for Mystery in the Air was composed and conducted by Paul Barron. The artists supporting Mister Laurie tonight were Henry Morgan, Peggy Weber, Joe Kearns, Ben Wright, Louis Van Ruten, Loya Ann Simpson, and Herbert Butterfield. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood, wishing you all a pleasant good
1: night. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
3: And that's Mystery in the Air from September 25, 1947, Crime and Punishment. Starring Peter Lorre. And in the cast, terrific cast, Lisa, Herb Butterfield, Joseph Kearns, Peggy Weber, which is a big pal to this show, Peggy Weber, and then Louis Van Ruten, Ben Wright, and Gloria Ann Simpson. Henry Morgan doing the announcing on that, sponsored by Camel Cigarettes, although we have removed the Camel Cigarette commercials, as heard on NBC. Okay, Lisa, it's time now for a show that your mom was named for, right? That's Alice. right, Alice Fay. Alice Fay, that's right, Phil Harris and Alice Faye. Great series, a comedy series starring singer-bandleader Phil Harris and his wife, actress-singer Alice Faye, came to NBC Radio in 1948. The two played fictionalized versions of themselves as a working showbiz couple raising two daughters. Elliot Lewis portrayed Phil's best friend, guitar player Frankie Remley, who managed to get Phil into hot water in just about every show. Other regular characters were uh, obnoxious delivery boy Julius, played by Walter Tetley. Tetley is best remembered for his role of Leroy on The Great Gildersleeve. The Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show enjoyed a healthy run on radio, lasting until 1954. All right, we have a broadcast now for you. Going back to January 1st, 1950, it's called The Concert Stage. Here is Phil Harris and Alice Faye.
9: It's the Phil
0: Harris Alice Fay Show, presented by the makers of Rexall drug products and 10,000 independent Rexall family druggists. And now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Fay Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Fay and Bill Harris. Today is the dawn of a new year, a dawn that brings the promise of happiness to some, of worldly gain to others. And despair to a few. At least that's the way it affects the members of the Harris household. Alice looks forward to it with happiness.
9: I have a lot to look forward to this year. I'm a lucky girl to have two beautiful children and a husband to match.
1: <laughs>
9: Brother Williams'
0: thoughts run, run along another line on this New Year's morning.
10: 1950. One year closer to the time my war bonds mature. And then there's Phil. Ooh,
0: my poor head. (laughs) Oh, this is a 14 karat Clyde I got this. I've never had such a headache
9: Oh, no wonder you have a headache After what you did last
0: night You're right, honey Absolutely right And that's the last time I read Shakespeare Under a dim light
9: (laughs) (laughs) Philip, you look awful What happened last night? Where did you two go? We went to a soiree At the musician's union
1: (laughs) Oh,
10: (laughs) heavens Oh, heavens Alice, is it safe to go to one of those affairs? Whatever made you do it?
9: I don't know. Guess I like to live dangerously.
0: (laughs) What are you talking about? It was a very orderly party. The cops only had to use
10: tear gas three
1: times.
10: (laughs) I don't see how you can enjoy those things. Uh, Tell me honestly, Philip. Did you have a good time?
0: Did I have a good time? Did I have a good... Alice, did
10: I? (laughs) Philip, don't you remember What happened last night
0: Willie I told you I was too busy Reading Shakespeare You know something Bill That cat's a pretty good writer
1: <laughs>
0: You know something I just couldn't put on His story about How they cured The alcoholic
10: Shakespeare wrote a story About curing an alcoholic
0: Yeah The taming of the stew
1: <laughs> Oh no
10: Alice, there's a bus leaving for Reno in 15 minutes. Get on it, please.
0: What does she want to go to Reno for? This kid don't gamble.
9: Philip, it's about time you changed, and Oh, Willie, stop picking on Phil. I like him the
10: way he is. Only because you're too young to know your own mind. (laughs) I am not too young. You're so right.
1: (laughs) Go
9: ahead, pick on him. Go
10: on. Philip, what I'm trying to say is this. Today is the beginning of a new year, the dawn of a new decade, and it's an ideal time for you to take stock of all your human frailties and attempt to correct your many failings. In short, get with it, Wanga!
0: Oh, this kid's got too much time on his hands. Let me tell you something, Willie Stop trying to come between me and Alice I happen to be a very good husband A good husband wouldn't take his wife to a brawl Like
10: the one you took Alice to last night I
0: told you it wasn't a brawl Just a bunch of musicians at play (laughs) You know how those guys are They're just mischievous little imps
1: (laughs) And you
9: should have seen the lead imp, Frankie (laughs) The last time I saw him, he was crawling around on the floor, biting people in the leg. <laughs> he
0: was not. He was just giving somebody a hot foot. Of course, I'll admit that Frankie enters into the spirit of those things a little more than anybody else. In fact, the way he carried on last night, I doubt if he'll ever be... Hiya, Curly. Remley, are you still alive? I don't know. The coroner's report hasn't come in yet. <laughs> Well, party last night, wasn't it? After you left, we had a great time up to 3 o'clock, but then it quieted down. What happened? The veterinarian came in gave us all distemper shots.
1: stop, stop exaggerating.
0: I'm not exaggerating, Alice. It was... Guess my shot's starting to wear off. <laughs>
10: That must have been the wildest affair you musicians ever had Oh, I wouldn't
0: say that Last year's was a beaut That's when we held our survival of the fittest party (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: You remember that affair, Curly? Yeah I lost the whole brass section at that one
10: You oh, Francis, you could stand a little straightening out for the new year, too. Curly? Yeah.
0: What reform movement is little Carrie Nation on now? <laughs> Eyes on my neck. He wants me to change my ways. Faultless little me. <laughs> he thinks I need improvement.
1: <laughs>
0: Isn't that ridiculous? No. <laughs> not perfect, you know Well, my fans think I am I have universal appeal And I'm loved by all three sexes Men, women, and children <laughs> Well, I get thousands of letters Every week Oh, from by C- the way, Curly I just came from NBC And I brought your fan mail For this week Here it is One postcard <laughs> One lousy postcard
10: Go ahead and read it to us, Philip I'm anxious to find out How your multitude of fan Feels about you
0: all right, all right, smart guy. I'll read it, and I'll guarantee it's full of raves. <clears throat> Listen to this. Dear Mr. Harris, I have followed your career in radio for many years, and I think that you're the most scintillating personality to hit the airwaves since Lucy Monroe.
1: <laughs>
0: Yours is the most entertaining show on radio, and I can't find a single thing wrong with it except...
10: Well, go on.
0: Well, I'd like to But from here on out This writing becomes A little un (laughs) never
9: mind, Phil I'll read it I can't find a single thing Wrong with your show Except for two glaring faults Which I'm sure you're aware of And it's signed uh, Your ardent fan, Sweeney Two faults? Mm Mm-hmm Could I possibly have No
0: The guy's a crackpot. Mm,
10: If you weren't afraid to face the facts, you'd look this man up and find out what these faults are.
0: Who's afraid? I'll go over and see this Sweeney guy right now. His address is on the postcard. Come on, Alice. You and Frankie come with me. I'll show you. (laughs) wonder what this guy Sweeney looks like. Well, if he's home, we'll soon find out.
9: His card sounded like he's a very intelligent person.
1: Oh,
0: uh, how do you do, sir?
2: Gee,
9: it's people.
0: (laughs) What was he expecting? A herd of
1: llamas?
0: (laughs) Keep quiet, Remley, please, a minute. Mr. Sweeney, um, I received a fan letter from you, and I, uh, I came to talk to you about it. You see, uh, my name is, uh, Phil Harris.
2: Phil Harris? You mean the Phil Harris? My favorite radio star? The greatest personality in the history of show business? The one and only... Oh, Mr. Sweeney, don't over... this boy talk.
0: (laughs) Mr. Sweeney, I know exactly how you feel about me because I feel the same way. (laughs)
1: Gee,
2: to think that that Phil Harris would come to my little house? <laughs> no, it can't be. You're not Phil Harris. Look, I tell you, I'm me. Now, what do I have to do to prove that I'm
0: Phil Harris? Why don't you stagger formally?
1: <laughs>
0: that won't help. You'll think I'm you.
1: <laughs>
0: Look, Mr. Sweeney, I'm Phil Harris. And I can prove it to you You see, I brought my wife with me You, uh, recognize Alice Faye, don't you?
2: Gee, it is Alice Fay. Golly, I haven't been so thrilled Since the time I got caught in a revolving door With Sunny Tops
1: <laughs> Gee,
2: Miss Faye I used to love you in pictures I went to see every picture you ever made Oh, well, thank you very much Say, you have a very nice voice Why didn't you ever make a talkie?
9: One more crack like that and I'll have Frankie bite you in the leg.
2: I made talking pictures. Oh, I'm sorry. You got me so flustered. I don't know what I'm saying. Just being near you makes me tremble. I'm so nervous my knees are shaking. What's that? Uh, My bicycle clips. (laughs) Bicycle clips? Hey, do you wear them clips around the house? Yes, I I do it to prevent catching cold. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That science is wonderful, ain't it, (laughs) Remy?
0: Gee whiz. First antihistamine and now bicycle
1: clips. (laughs) What will they think
0: of next? I must be dense. Hey, Sweeney. How do bicycle clips prevent you from catching cold?
2: Well, the house is very drafty, and they stop the cold air from blowing up my trouser legs.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but but let's not stand in the doorway. Well, oh, won't you please come in? Oh, thank you. Sit down. Uh, can I get you something to drink? Uh, I have some delicious dandelion wine. <laughs> Made it myself.
0: Curly, I'm getting out. Wait of a minute. Here. Wait. <laughs>
2: Or if you'd rather have some grape wine, I think I have a little left. I used to make that myself, too, but I had to give it up. Why? Uh, do you see these purple slippers on my feet? What about them? They're not slippers.
0: on, <laughs> I'm ready to go with you. So long,
9: Sweeney. Now. now, wait, Phil. wait. Mr. Sweeney, in your card to Mr. Harris, you said there were two things you didn't like about his program. Do you mind telling us what they
2: are? Well, I hesitate to mention it, but as long as you ask me, there are two things I don't like about this show. What are they? Your singing and Frank Remley.
1: <laughs>
2: now, just a minute, please. Uh, Mr. Harris, it's very incongruous that a man of your intelligence and breeding would associate with such a low character as Remley.
1: <laughs> True. <laughs>
2: He is beneath me. uh, But what is your objection to my voice, Sweeney? Oh, I have no objection to your voice. I love it. I just object to the way it's being wasted. Wasted? Yes. Your voice is far too good to be thrown away on the type of song you sing. You're great when you sing things like old master painter. You have all the natural attributes of a a concert singer. Ah,
0: Sweeney, don't be ridiculous. I ain't never going to be... Concert singer, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, why not? Why can't I be a great singer? Because of your voice. (laughs) Does that answer your question? I don't know. I've been told before that my voice has great qualities. Mr. Sweeney, may I tell you that I am deeply indebted to you.
2: uh, That's all right. It's been a pleasure having you people in my little house. Uh, Miss Faye. It's been so wonderful meeting you. I want to give you one of these as a little memento to sort of remember me by.
9: Oh, just what I needed, a bicycle clip. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Mr. Sweeney, but I couldn't accept it. Why, is it too personal? No. No, but I wouldn't want you walking around with a cold in one leg. (laughs)
3: And that's the first half of the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show from 1950. And Lisa, in our next hour of Hollywood 360, we'll tune into the conclusion plus the weird circle. But first, these words. More Hollywood 360
0: after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic
3: radio on Hollywood 360. That's going to do it for this edition of Hollywood 360. On our next show, it is the conclusion to Phil Harris and Alice Faye plus the Weird Circle. And if you've missed any of our show or any hours of Hollywood 360, just go to your uh, Internet and type in Hollywood360radio.com. What will come up is a podcast of this show, all four hours, plus a bonus hour of classic radio. Just go to Hollywood360radio.com for all the fun of Lisa and Carl and Mike and the whole gang. All right, we'll see you next time.